Hello and welcome back to the Keep Growing podcast. My name is Emmeline. So we are still on the series of the five women in the Bible who were considered barren, but every single one of them conceived. It is so incredible. So today we are going to talk about Hannah. Um, The story of Hannah starts in 1 Samuel. And right off the bat, we learn that the Lord has closed Hannah's womb. As I've studied these infertility stories from the Bible, I've learned that the Lord did not want to close any of these women's wombs. When you hear the Lord shut her womb, it sounds so cruel and makes you question why God would do that. In all of these stories, God was waiting for the most perfect timing to give them children because he knew the plan he had for them. And this also protected these women from a bigger heartache. And I just think that is so important for us to remember because a lot of us, I know myself included, it's really hard to understand why God is making us wait. But he has such an incredible bigger plan for us than we can even imagine. And he is protecting us right now, even though it might not feel like it. We have to believe that he is. So there are some big names in here. Um, So the first name is Elkanah. I hope I'm saying that right, Um, which is Hannah's husband. Um, He also had another wife and her name was Penina. So 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 6 through 8 says, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, Penina kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, Penina provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Ouch. So after I read this first verse, it really hit me hard. I think that in some ways, Many of our husbands can probably relate to this feeling. They often feel helpless watching us cry, and of course they comfort us and try their best to cheer us up, but in some cases it's easy for them to feel like our fertility means more to us than they actually do. And definitely something I probably put first um, for the first year and a half, maybe even the first couple years, and then I had read this story and it really made me realize I need to put our marriage, obviously, above fertility and stop being so um, kind of like obsessive with it because it's very easy to go down the obsessive road with fertility. Um, But getting back to the story, Hannah was so consumed with her infertility that her husband felt unwanted. However, Hannah reacts to her infertility much different from other women we've read about so far. Here's what she did. First, Samuel goes on to say, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, do not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. While crying out to the Lord, the priest accuses her of being drunk due to how she was acting. True to Hannah's character, she responds with grace, explaining that she is not drunk but crying out to the Lord. The priest responds, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Her face was no longer downcast. She knew that the Lord was going to fulfill her promise to her. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, then went back to their home. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. 
She named him Samuel, meaning because I asked the Lord for him. Then this goes on to say, when her husband Elkanah went up with all of his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I'll take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. This next part is unbelievable. After Samuel was weaned, Hannah brought her one and only son that she was so blessed with to give him to the Lord. Hannah says, Pardon me, sir. As surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. Samuel worshipped the Lord there. How incredible was Hannah. It takes a lot of strength to be able to do what she did. After struggling for so long to conceive and being harassed by others, she still followed through. It would have been so easy for her to say, you know what, God, you allowed me to conceive. I think I deserve this child, so I'm going to keep him. But she didn't. She stayed true to her promise and in return, so did God. I can't relate to Hannah's story entirely, but I can relate to feeling shamed or being made to feel small by others. There's been so many times when other people have made me feel horrible about my infertility journey. Whether it's because they are boasting about how easy it was for them to get pregnant, reminding me every two minutes that they are pregnant, or shaming me and insinuating that it's my fault for not getting pregnant. I've experienced it all and none of it's easy. In these times, I have to remember to have grace. God has given me so much grace and I must remember to give that back to others. One of the most important parts of this journey is staying at peace, not only mentally, but also in your heart. I realize I can either spend my time playing over and over the lies of the enemy, or I can rise above and use that time to pray for my miracle. So in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, we hear Hannah's prayer, so I'm going to read that. I'm bursting with God news. I'm walking on air. I'm laughing at my rivals. I'm dancing my salvation. Nothing and no one is holy like God. No rock mountain like our God. Don't dare talk pretentiously, not a word of boasting ever, for God knows what's going on. He takes the measure of everything that happens. The weapons of the strong are smashed to pieces, while the weak are infused with fresh strength. The well-fed are out begging in the streets for crust, while the hungry are getting second helpings. The barren woman has a houseful of children, while the mother of many is burferet. I don't know if I'm saying that right. God brings death and God brings life brings down the grave and rises up. God brings poverty and God brings wealth. He lowers, he also lifts up. He puts poor people on their feet again. He rekindles burned out lives with fresh hope, restoring dignity and respect to their lives, a place in the sun. For the very structure of the earth are God's. He has laid out his operation on a firm foundation. He protectively cares for his faithful friends step by step, but leaves the wicked to stumble in the dark. No one makes it in this life by sheer muscle. God's enemies will be blasted out of the sky, crashed in a heap and burned. God will set things right all over the earth. He'll give strength to his king. He'll set his anointed one on top of the world. I really love this prayer, and I especially love the part where it says the barren woman has a houseful of children. Um, I think that is such an amazing line and just so strong and so powerful, and I think it's something we can pray over our lives and just pray to God, like, give me, like, I'm the barren woman, give me a house full of children, or just, like, say it as an affirmation that that is going to happen, and just fully trust in that line, and I think it is so, so cool. 
Um, the other thing that I really can relate to with her story or not even that I can relate to, but something that I'm just so inspired by with her, her story is that she didn't let infertility defeat her and she didn't go in the um, not wise ways that the other women did with taking servants and having um, their husbands sleep with servants to get children. She decided that she was just going to fully trust God in all of this and that she was going to take matters into her own hands and just pray and trust. And that really inspires me to just start, again, firing up that prayer life and to just trust God and just pray and just be so honest with God and just say, God, I'm really struggling right now. I have a lot going on. I feel hopeless and helpless. I don't know what to do. Please just give me peace throughout this journey and allow me to conceive one day. And I think it's so incredible. And I encourage you guys after you listen to this to go back um, and to read um, this Hannah's prayer because I think it is absolutely incredible and something that we should all just keep reading. Um, so Hannah's journey has a very happy ending. Um, so First Samuel chapter 2, verses 21, it says that the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And I think that is just so cool. Um, after going through that infertility and then trusting God, giving God Samuel and just fully trusting him that he has a plan, she ended up having five amazing, beautiful children. And I just think it is so, so incredible and such an amazing thing. So I pray that all of you listening are able to feel Hannah's prayer and just being so inspired by her faith to pray and just trust God and know that he has a plan and just fully trust whatever he has in store for you. Um, I also pray that we are all able to put our fertility not on the back burner, but to also just remember how important our marriages are during this time, because I think that is something that can very easily get fired up during all of this. There are so many emotions and so much stress that goes with infertility. So I just pray that all of us are feel are able to feel comforted and to able to just feel whole and so content where we are in our current situation. But I am going to end the podcast off here. I really hope that this was able to help you guys or resonate with you this week. If you ever need to chat, my DMs are open on Instagram at Emmeline Mead. Hope you guys have a lovely day and I'll chat with you next time. Bye.